Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today, I have a very, very, very special guest, a fucking living legend, a hero, an amazing human, a fucking pioneer, all the above, my good friend for many, many years, Mr. Vinny Stigma. Welcome to the show, Vinny. Thank you very much, Toby. Thank you for that intro, man. That's very nice for you. Of Appreciate course, that. of course. So uh, before we get we get talking about life and such, um, how you doing? Are you doing good? I'm doing good. I'm practicing my... Uh, we'll leave it for tour tomorrow. Oh, shit. Okay, uh, Tomorrow awesome. morning, I get a plane, 7 o'clock. We're in Florida tomorrow. I got Tampa, Melbourne, and uh, Miami. Awesome. And Freddie, I think, is, is uh, putting on the shows with the Black and Blue production. Great. And... Uh, you know, we go down there once a year. We see Roger's family, and uh, we do all that stuff. You know, get the Cuban cigars, the Cuban food. Yeah, you know, awesome. do all the mambo in all over. I mambo my all, all across Florida. I'll be mambo in. <laughs> so it'd be fun. It'd be fun. So, food, cigars, my friends. You yeah. know. So what? What? What is like a well? What is like a day in the life of any stigma? Because I know music is your life. All right. I woke up today, made myself breakfast. I uh, played a little guitar. I uh, I just had I just had my lunch. I made raviolis. Nice. Uh, yeah, I got I go to Di Paolo, the the gourmet place right down the block. I got the cheese. I, I went there. I spent like seventy dollars yesterday on gourmet food. Wow. You know, just so I could cook for myself for the week, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, I sit here, I practice my guitar, take a shower, do what I got to do, go check the mail, throw out the garbage, uh, talk to a few <laughs> friends. Yeah. You know, I'm looking out my window right now and it's snowing lightly, but really nice, you know? And I love New York. I'm, I'm, I love, I'm, I, and I'm, wait, you know, I'm hanging out with you now. Yeah, I love, New, I love New York when it snows and it's like so like... It's like quiet. There's a bed of snow, and it's kind of chill outside. It's pretty awesome. I miss that. Yeah, I know. I need the seasons. You know, I I can't stay in like one, like you know, like a Florida or yeah. I need the seasons for some reason. It changes my attitude. Yeah, it gives me like a renewal kind of thing. You know. Yeah. So for those who don't know, The Godfather's of Hardcore is an amazing uh, movie documentary out right now about Agnostic Front. It's not your typical music documentary it's more about the people and the human side of it and and growing old together and playing music together and everybody's different lives um but for the people who haven't seen it yet uh vinnie how, how was it i mean you lived you pretty much lived in that neighborhood your entire life in uh, mott street around that area right all my life i'm a true new yorker born in hell's kitchen hell's kitchen west side December 3rd, 1955. The world will never be the same. The city's got a new claim to fame. <laughs> um, so you write a song. You write it about yourself. You write it about what you experience, you know? So so growing up for you, like, how, how were you in school? Did you like school? Did you get your grades? Did you graduate passing all that shit or no? No, I wasn't too good in school, but I wasn't a bad kid, you know? I just wanted to get the fuck out, you know, mm -hmm. and, and run around. <laughs> you know, but I always wanted to be in a band. I, I, I music always, uh, you know, there was something about it that was uh, aloof for yeah. me. Yeah. You know, my uncles played guitar. You know, and uh, you know, my mom played piano. And I, and anytime I see, like, especially like I do, like I was just doing some doo-wop songs right now. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, I'll play. I'll sing you one or two. You know, right? Like while I'm, like while we're on the radio. Okay. But I get a kick out of like 
doing like getting like a bunch of guys together, especially acapello and doo-wop. Yeah, you know, I got that. a whole list. I, I was just making it up this morning in case I go to cousin Joey's party. I want to I want to bring my acoustic guitar and you know have some you know guys sing a little doo-wop and that stuff. Nothing better than that. Nothing yeah. more fun. Classic. You know. Yeah. Just getting around and singing and having a good time. You know the guys and the gals. It's it's pretty cool. So what? So when did you get? How old when you got your first guitar and like realized like I want to be a musician? I was about <clears throat> twelve to fourteen, somewhere in there. Damn. And I got an acoustic guitar, and I didn't want an acoustic guitar. I wanted an electric guitar. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I just, there was no way I I was going to like have an acoustic. You know. I mean, I a guitar, a guitar is a guitar. I realize it now. Yeah. When I was a kid, 12, 14 years old, I wanted that electric guitar. Finally, I got an electric guitar. I got a, I got a, a Fender Mustang. It was a blue guitar with a blue Royal stri- racing stripe on it. I Sick. thought it was the coolest little guitar. I, had. I wish I had it today. Yeah, it came awesome. with an alligator case. Oh, you know, wow. the old alligator case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't get that no more. Yeah. You know, those cases are worth money now. Cases are worth money. I'm sure. I'm sure. Not even the guitar. <laughs> because I'm, 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 I'm endorsed by uh, ESP Guitars. Nice. And, and they send me guitars. I said, good, you can send me guitar, but can you do me a favor, please? Can you send the guitar case? I think guitar cases. Because <laughs> <laughs> you travel so much. So when you start playing guitar, yeah. so how old were you when you were in your first band? Well... I was in my first band when I was really like 12. Like, wow. but we, we were hard. We were in a real band, you know. Like, yeah. But I have photos of me and the guys with, you know, we got polka dot shirts and like dumb collar, you know, the co- like, you know, the garrison belt. Yeah. And, you know, corduroy pants. And <clears throat> you could see it's, you know, from that era. Yeah. And uh, my first band was the Rough Riders. Rough Riders. And it was me, Paul Red, Frankie Jack, my cousin Baps, and you know, it it was cool. And I still see the fellas. You know? still, still around, right? Yeah. And then you know, I but my first real band was Black Angus with Sally Donuts and uh, Frankie Frankie Heroes, and uh, they were Italian. And my friend Dennis, they, they were kids from the neighborhood. And uh, anyway, I was just on the corner. Just the other day, it was 27 years ago, my friend Sal passed away. Oh, he wow. was my bass player. Yeah, he became obese and he got really fat. So when he passed away, uh, the fire department had to come and get him and take him oh, out the window. Shit. And yeah, and I never forget, it was a real windy day that day. And he was in the basket and uh, with the cherry picker. And it was rocking. And me and my friends were down there. We were saying, look at Sal, still rocking. Wow. We were crying and laughing. And How, how much, how much did he weigh? Uh, enough to get to pull him out the window. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, he was like a 500, you know? Holy shit. He was always struggled with weight, you know? But uh, towards the end, you know, after I went punk rock, because we're talking early, you know, 70s, early, mid-70s. I went punk rock. He just, he went on drugs, and uh, wow. it was the drugs that killed him, you know? Yeah, yeah you know, so. Yeah. And he stood home, and 
you know, it was, it was, he had no life. It was terrible. Did you ever, did you ever dabble in drugs when you were a kid? Like you try things when you were younger and stuff? Not really. I was really more of a talker and a coffee. I, I mean, <laughs> I smoke a little pot. I'll have a can of beer with the yeah. fellas. Yeah. But nah, I was never a drug guy, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know? Because, uh, you know, hey, I don't mind a guy goes out for a night. You know, go ahead. You know, go on a bitch for a night. You want to get away from your wife or whatever the hell you want to do. But, you know, I could never do that, you know? Yeah. What, um... So what made you get into punk rock? Like, what was that transition for you? Like, you just were connected to it somehow? Well, I was already a musician. I was already in bands. And I never liked, you know, I come from the Jimi Hendrix, right into punk rock ever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I never forget. When I was like listening to like uh, the, the, the Led Zeppelins and the Jimi Hendrix, and when things were getting heavy, I was like, wow, I can't wait for like 10 more years from now how heavy the music would be, I would say to myself. <laughs> yeah. This is before punk rock. Yeah. And then, you know, you come up with like a Neil Sedaka song. Neil Sedaka, you know? yeah. Like, and it's like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> you know? My mom liked that. You anyway, know... then when punk rock came, because I only lived around the corner from CBGB's. I was already a musician. Yep. I was already going to studios in Midtown in New York City. Yeah. You know, dabbling, jamming around, making friends. I'm a I'm a good friend maker. That's one thing I, 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 yes. I like to do. You're a people person. I tell everybody, yeah. make friends better than making an enemy. Yeah. Because like, for instance, I'm going to go to Florida now. I got a lot of friends down there. They're going to take me out to dinner. They're going to get me cigars. They're going to get me a nice bottle of wine. They're going to treat me nice. I go down there with enemies. They're going to kill me. So exactly. you make a friend. It's better. It's a lot easier. Exactly. It's a lot more rewarding. 100%. So, you, so you're making friends at that point um, and then started going to CBGB's and that's when everything pretty much changed for you, right? CBGB's was around the corner from my house. I could throw a, full, a snowball, being it's snowing here. I Damn. could gather a snowball and throw it and hit CBGB's. That's how close Fuck. I was. And, uh, you know, before it was CBGB's, it used to be a hilly, hilly's on the valley. Okay. That's what it was before it was CBGB's. Yeah. And uh, it was a biker bar. And the older kids from my neighborhood, like my cousin and the guys that are like five years older than me, they used to go there. Okay. And, you know, so it was like the dive bar of the neighborhood, mm -hmm. you know, but it was a little bit out of the neighborhood, but it was still in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know? Because uh, I live on the edge of Little Italy, you know, but it's still Little Italy, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I used to go there and, and my cousins. And then when they started... You know, and then, then I started going out and meeting friends and I started going out to Max's Kansas City and yeah. CBGB started, you know, I started going to CBGB's and I was, uh, you know, I, I was friends with Hilly before with CBGB's, you know, I was, yeah. he loved me, Hilly, especially yeah. later on when I had the matinees, like yeah. in the 80s, because I already knew him like 10 years and, uh, you know what I did to CBGBs. I mean, I don't got to tell you. <laughs> and uh, I used to bring up, and as I do the loading on Sunday matinees, uh, you know, I'd I see Hilly, man, a few words. Hey, Hilly, how you doing? Hey, yeah. Vinny, how are you? Yeah. Man, nothing much. We used to talk, yeah, it's cold out, it's raining. How you doing? Just that, and you know. I used to, here's how I catch him. Coffee? <laughs> yeah, I'll have a cup of coffee. So I go get the coffee, and I come back with the Italian cookies. 
Oh, and wow. I bring him like a little a bag of Italian cookies and we'd have coffee together. I load in my equipment. I turn around. He's gone. <laughs> and that was that was hilly. He left the club. He left CBGB's to us. You know, Roger used to run the bar there. Damn. And, you know, we, used, we policed it ourselves. Yeah. You know, Ira was at the door. What year well, was that? Uh, that was 80, 81. Wow. You know? So you guys... Before, uh, 82, 83 the latest. Yeah. And so say 82. It was around 82. He loved us, you know? And he trusted us with this fucking place. Yeah, that's amazing. You and guys, we always respected it. Yes, yeah, so you guys put punk rock on the map pretty much at CBGB's, it seems like. You guys took it over, kind of. Yeah, you know, uh, you know. also, speaking of taking it over, it was the night of the Ritz, when it was the Ritz. Okay. When we used to play the Ritz, like a hardcore or punk band, we used to go, like, for instance, see the Dead Kennedys or the, the bigger bands when yeah. they came here. Uh, we used to go there, and we used to fight with the bouncers. Yeah. And they were assholes. Mm-hmm. Until one day, we beat up all the bouncers and we took it over and we became the bouncers. And that's <laughs> when things changed. Wow. Instead of throwing kids off the stage, look, a kid comes on stage, he just wants to come up on stage and dive off. You know, you usher them off. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't throw them off or beat them up or throw no. them out. You just usher them off. You know, they come up again, you usher them off again. Yeah. You know? They didn't get it, these fucking guys. These, you know, the bouncers back then. Now we run it, so we get it. Yeah, you know, so things That's are amazing. a lot better. Yeah. Because you know, there was. How about fucking um, uh, uh, Lamores in Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. How about that kid? They threw the kid off stage. He died. Yeah, man, I remember they that. They threw him out in the snow. Yeah. I mean, terrible. Horrible. You know, because you guys, you guys came from the scenes. You know how to control it. You know how to. Re- you know all about exactly. It. You, you know, know what, that's exactly. We, we we're part of it. We know it's a. You step on my foot. You push me. I know it's the pit. This is the way it is. Yeah. You know, I know you're not doing it in vain. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We're doing it together. You know, it's not like you know. It, it, you know. The, you know. I, I don't go for that tough guy thing. It's, it's a fun thing. You know. Always it, has. It, that's what it's supposed to be. About. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Exactly. Have fun. Have a good time. Make a friend, not an enemy. Exactly. Like <laughs> did you um when you when you when you get out of school, did you know what you wanted to do at that point? Like when you get out of high school, you just did you know you wanted to do music or you just kind of Well, I really I, I I really didn't go much to high school. I checked in and I checked right out. Mm-hmm. And I was already in a band. Damn. I was like, this is it. I want to be in a band. Wow. So you know, my mother told me, All right, you don't want to go to school, you gotta go to work. So I washed dishes. I, uh, I I was a carrier, a courier. You know, mm-hmm. I did whatever I had to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I worked in a you know a, a little warehouse. You know, yeah. but I didn't wa- I I didn't want to do that. And the money I got from that, I went for guitar lessons. Oh wow, that's awesome! You know, yeah. And uh, I, I I studied under Ronnie Lee of the New York Philharmonic. It was oh, eighty dollars an hour. Then that's so much money then. back then. Fuck, yeah, yeah. And I was only making like ninety five dollars a week, a hundred five dollars <laughs> a week. Holy so shit! So I would spend all my money on this lesson to learn how to read music and this, that, and the other thing. Wow. And I just looked 
Someone looked him up on the internet for me, and he just passed away a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Holy shit. So that was I your mean, teacher. I mean, I studied under a bunch of guys, mm-hmm. you know. But I tell you, you know, especially today, the kids today, they're great, the kids today. You know, they yeah. play better than me. They tattoo better than me. They run <laughs> faster than me. They do more push-ups than me, you know? Yeah. It's just the way it is. So I paved the way for these kids good because yeah. they're good kids and let them do their thing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's nice to see the kids do a good, honest, clean thing. Yeah, for music. I mean, like, you've been doing your whole entire life. You've been a musician your whole entire life. It's pretty amazing, man. Well, you know, I'm just trying, you know? Yeah. So like I said, we're going down to Florida. As a matter of fact, I leave 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. I got a car coming for me to take me to the airport. I go down there. We're going to have the good time down there. Mambo all over Florida. You know, that's going to be fun with Roger's family. Yeah. And I'll see Fred. Oh, man, boy, I, I think they're on the West Coast. Yeah, so. I'm going to see him this weekend out they're here. Hot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Saturday, my friend from L.A. called me, told me about that. I was expecting seeing him down there, but yeah. okay, so be it. And, uh, you know, and then the weekend after that, we're in Mexico. Oh, wow, that's going to be awesome. A couple of shows. Yeah, so that'll man. be pretty cool. Uh, you yeah. know, I got Renee. You know Renee. Yeah. You, so my tour manager yeah. from Mexico. I love him. He's such a good guy. So you you lo- you love touring still, and what's amazing about you is you you look you look you look young. You look in, you look in shape. You look young. Is you think it's because you you get to oh do I'm it? in shape. Yeah. I'm in shape right now mentally, physically, in my heart. You know, yeah. I think it's Toby. It keeps me in shape. I got to say right now. Yeah. Uh, being on stage, running around, or going from place to place keeps me in shape. Yeah. And young. You look young. You look great for your age. And like, you're always smiling. And I feel I'm like- all right for my age because I was just looking at the, the thing about the guy with the Indian that was beating the drum in the kid's face. And oh, he's I saw only a that. Couple of months older. I saw that. Yeah, he was only a couple of months older than me, that guy. And I'm like, wow, this guy must use bad soap. Must use what? Bad soap. He <laughs> use bad soap because he's only a couple of months older than me. I'm like, wow, this guy looks horrible. Do you, do you, do you think you think it's part of that you get to do what you love and you're, like, you're your own boss, you get to travel and, and make music and that probably keeps you feeling young too, you know? I think it's a combination of that and I think it's a combination of like, you know, your, your heart and being physically fit and physical, all that. Yeah. And I think a little bit of my diet too. Because yeah. I basically Italian food and I'm somewhat a vegetarian. Like that's all I eat is pasta, 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 <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's all I do, you know, pastas and, you know, and, and I, I, eat, I eat like the oil, the garlic, you know, the Italian food. Yeah. I don't eat junk food. No. You know, I just don't. I, there yeah. was no junk food when I was a kid, you know? They so, had a little bit of potato chips or potato sticks or whatever, and yeah, that was it. Yeah. But you're not you're not like a sweets guy, like a heavy sweets guy. Like, that's not your thing. What? You're not like a heavy sweets guy. That's not really your thing, like cake and ice cream and all that shit. No, I'm not. I do pastry. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I do pastry. I don't do cake. I do pastry. So you... you, you know, be- like, I, I'm a little more... Too- you know, like uh, uh, I get this, I get into this kind of conversation with uh, Tull. 
Yeah, Tall. Shout out to Tall. You want to tell me hi? Yes, Tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love talking with him about that. You know, when I met him with you, yeah. And uh, we, well, we talk about all the. And I tell you, you're, you're, you're only questioning me because you want to rob my recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tall. He's such a great guy too. He's the what best. a great chef that guy. Dude, he's amazing. Um, so you've been in that neighborhood your whole entire life. Has it really, really changed? All my life, I live in this. This very building I live here. Wow. And my, not only I lived here, my mother, my father, my grandmother, my grandfather. My grandfather used to make wine in the basement. He was the wine guy Holy of the neighborhood, my, my grandfather. Like Maggie Parisi from Parisi Bakery, they were the bread. So yeah. when we used to have like the feast, and it before it became the feast like it is now, yeah. people used to take chairs and tables from their houses, put it in the street. Whoa. And like, just bring food. My grandfather would supply the, the wine. Uh, Maggie Parisi would supply the bread. We're going back to 1929, 1932, like around then. Holy shit. You know, like this is how these people lived around here. Yeah. You know, there were, I mean, you know, even me, I mean, I have videotapes of when there were horses and push carts in the street. In your you neighborhood. Know? That's crazy. In my neighborhood, you know? So, yeah. you know. How has it changed? Is it, how, how has it changed so much? Yeah, things change. I know it's. Terrible. I don't even know my neighbors anymore. Some French guys living in my grandmother's apartment. He's a nice guy. Yeah. And I keep telling him, you know, you live in my grandmother's apartment. He says, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bonjour, <laughs> Bonjour, my friend. Are you the last person in that in the, in the building from your family? From my family, yes. Wow. There's another lady that lives in the building too. You know, she lives near me in the next uh, above me. Yeah. But yeah, I see. But my grand, my aunt's mop is hanging out the window across from me. Oh wow. My my other aunt's clothesline is empty, but because they used to wash the clothes. Yeah. And hang them out the thing, you know, out the drive. Yeah. Not like that, you know. Wow. Did you did you collect pigeons or something like that on the rooftops and stuff like that? Was there a pigeon thing back in the day? I had a pigeon coop. My grand, yeah, I had a pigeon coop. So today I'm involved with pigeons, like somewhat. Really? I, uh, yeah, I uh, my grandfather had a pigeon coop. Well, there were a lot of pigeon coops around here, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, you know we had like homers, grizzles, satinets. I like fancy tail pigeons, you know. Like the satinets and the, yeah. the caps and the, the bullets. They're not good flyers, but they look really, you know, they're model pigeons, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, you know, who would want to buy like an $800 pigeon and let it go in the air? You, <laughs> God forbid it don't come back. You know, God forbid a hawk gets you. Yeah, you know? yeah. It seems Just like the other day, a hawk ran into a building downtown and, and, and it, it, it fell into the street and the police had a surrounded thing, a hawk. Really? And they called the special guy in oh, and they, they coaxed the, big, the hawk into a cage. Holy it was like a big thing in New York yesterday. Wow. So it's, the pigeon thing seems like it's a, just basically like a New York thing. I don't hear about people having the pigeons in any other city. Well, you know, they, it's basically an East Coast type thing, but, yeah. you know, when your internet goes down, they're going to need home and pigeons, my friend. Mm. That's, That's right. That's why they want electric cars. So yeah. they could just go, and your car stops. Yeah. You ain't going to beat the gasoline engine. I'm sorry. Wow. I don't man. trust that somehow. Yeah. 
I mean, you were, were, so they had a lot of pigeons around my neighborhood here. Yeah. Even now, my friend, my friend, my friend Johnny Pigeon. I went to a, a pigeon show at Sophia Department in Long Island. Yeah, and uh, he was on the Mike Tyson show, the pigeon show. Oh, with Mike wow. Tyson. Yeah, he had pigeons you know? too. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and he had to go buy a bunch of pigeons because a raccoon got into his pigeon coop and killed a bunch of birds. Oh shit. Yeah, you know. Damn. And, and you know, there's guys that spend like a hundred thousand dollars on a pigeon. Like I'm, there's a Chinese guy. They forget it, it's all over the place. It's a thing, Toby. Yeah. It's like an underground thing, you know. Got you. And it's cool that it's out there, you know. I know Mike Tyson had a bunch of pigeons. I'm an animal pigeons. lover anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah. I, I liked it because it was like such a neighborhood kind of thing, you know. It, it made me close to my grandfather. Yeah. And uh, I had all my friends come up. You know, Isaac and Freddie were good with the pigeons. You know, they yeah. were they were pretty cool. They they, they get it. You mm-hmm. know. Is is it, it's a hard explain? Is it hard explaining like being your age in your neighborhood with your tattoos and your lifestyle? Explain to people like what you do well, for a living, or explain your band to them. Well, back then, in a way, yeah. But they all love me and they accept me for who and what I am. It's awesome. So they're like, ah, that's Finny. You know, don't, you know, he, you know, he's a punk rocker. He's crazy. <laughs> don't mind him. He's yeah. a, you know. But they yeah. accept me. They love me, and I love them. And that, and that's how it was. It was never like, like anything. There was like a a, a few people not from our neighborhood mm-hmm. of different different races and creeds that came to our neighborhood, and they were well accepted. Because they come correct, they show respect, you get respect. Mm-hmm. Just like anything else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's why wherever I walk, I walk, and, you know, I feel like this is not my my uh, hollowed ground. Mm-hmm. I got to go treat it with respect. Yeah. That's how you raised out there, too. In your neighborhood, too, you had a bunch of, probably like a lot of characters growing up in your neighborhood and stuff, and connect, yeah, connected, you know? connected so, families and stuff in that neighborhood, and... Yeah, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. We're all from here. We all got to, you know, protect each other. And, you know, it, it, it was a good vibe then, you know? Yeah. And so and so, now, how do you feel like your neighbor? Just obviously, it's it's always going to be your neighbor in New York. You think you can live anywhere else but New York? Well, it's not a neighborhood no more. Mm-hmm. Everything now is a community. Yeah. The community. <laughs> I don't go for communities, okay? I go for neighborhood. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, it'll here, change. You know, when they say, say community, they're like, who's like who's this? Who are you? Like, you know, you're not a neighbor and you're not in the hood. Exactly. You know, you don't come from here. Yeah. You know, you're not from here. You yeah. don't get it. I, wa- I wonder I wonder I how mean, many like, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, we, we always I live in New York. You have to accept everyone. You mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I get yeah. it. But like when you get overrun by people that like don't get it, yeah. you lose a lot of your sovereignty. Yeah. yeah. You lose sovereignty of your culture, of your neighborhood, of everything. Yeah. I wonder how many people are still New York natives that actually live in the city. It seems like there's so many transplants living there, man. It's crazy. I got to tell you right now, how many true New York City people do you know, born and bred in New York City? And let me tell you something. I live here for all the years, and I do. I say this question, not too many, my no, friend. No, man. 
No, you and a couple of people. I wanted few and far between. It's just that I just happen to come from here. This is where I live. This is where I'm born. Yeah. You know, I love coming from here. I still have my little culture with my Italian roots. Like I, I, mm. I'm, a, I'm fucking some gourmet chef. You know what I mean? I'm like a, I'm a sommelier. I'm a chef. I'm a barista. <laughs> I cook. I, I like doing these things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what, I guess that kept me, you ahead. know, on the ball, you know, like I could invite, like my mom and my grandmother and my aunt, when back in the early 80s, when everybody would stay in my house, they would come in my, knock on my door, say, that's it, open up the door, because they come in with a big bowl of pasta. And I would feed all my friends. Damn. And I never forget, my, my aunt would say, do me a favor. Don't wash the dish. Just give me the dish back because she was afraid I might chip it. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's one of those hand-painted Italian pasta dishes. Yeah. You know? That's amazing. That's like and, real and, New York and, shit. And all my friends would eat. We'd all be up here. My mother would feed every. The doors were open. Everybody was, you know? Yeah, At night, that. you would smell coffee in the building. Everybody would have a pastry, you know? i never forget my grandmother. She used to dry out these peppers, and then uh, after they were dried out, she would get this gigantic fucking pan and put oil in it, mm-hmm. and then she would roast them, and the whole building would smell of peppers. Oh, wow. And then, then I'd be, I was a kid. I'd be out in the hallway playing with my friends, yeah. and, uh, and, 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 and she said, Peppers! I said, Grandma! And I run up, and I see her. Because the peppers were so uh, permeating, yeah. she'd be in the hallway peering from the peppers, wow. and I I knew I knew exactly what it was, and I used to tell her, Grandma, don't cry. So I used to put my fucking face over <laughs> hot boiling oil and have the 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 the, 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 the peppers, you know. In my eyes, and I go out there. Look at me, Grandma. I'm crying too. And she would hug me. And that's the, the memory I got with my grandmother. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And that's why when I was, I go out to and and when I'm in California or Mexico with my friends, I eat all those hot peppers. They're like, "How do you do that?" I was yeah. like, "My grandmother used to make hot peppers when I was a kid." <laughs> my friend Ernie Cortez, my 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 good friend that passed away, Ernie Cortez. Yeah, Ernie. Yeah, he, Ernie. He, rest in peace, Ernie Powerhouse. Drama. Yeah. Yes. He gave me a jar of peppers. He said, you, you want to try one of these? I said, all right. I ate like seven, eight of them. He's like, give me more. I was like, eat more. He said, you, I can't believe you're eating them. I was like, <laughs> I, and I told the story about my grandmother. Wow. Yeah, you, you've always been like into uh, food and cooking and all that shit. That's awesome, man. I love that. Um, and then, and Stig, what about when you started, like, when did you realize you wanted to start playing, get, like, start singing? Like when you started Stigma and stuff, you did your own solo thing. How was that transition and why did you want to do that? Well, the solo thing, that came after like 25, 27 years after being an agnostic front. Yeah. You know, so, you know, Jamie from Hatebreed really pitched the idea. Yeah. You know, and he he produced my first album. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's how I got I got into it. And I tell you right now, we just played the other day uh, at uh, at the, the, the uh, what's that place? Uh, Baby uh, with Jesse's new place. Oh yes, yeah. Baby Land. Okay. Coney Island Baby. We just played Coney Island Baby, 
and we had an art show, a DJ, and the, the band. It was three bands. Oh, wow. It was Maximum Penalty, Stigma, and, uh, and Ice Cold Killers were the bands. Nice. Three bands. Three, three DJs. That's Isaac, Paulie Bearer, and Sid the Kid. And nice. three artists. Mike Gallo and two other people I don't know. Nice. But, so they had art, DJ, you know, live music. And I got to say, Jesse is the best, man. He really... He always steps up for New York hardcore. Jesse Mallon, he, whether right? It's, yeah, man. Jesse Mallon. He's he's, awesome. He is my friend for a lot of years. He's always he's been the dude. same guy. Yeah. He's always been ace, man. Yeah. I can't say enough about the guy. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. He, whether it's a Bowery Electric or Baby, uh, Club Baby, Land, Whatever he's got, he always puts hardcore shows on, mm-hmm. record release parties, for yeah. bands, hardcore bands, you know. He's always so, had respect for the hardcore scene. It's really cool. cool. We had yeah. a great show. We yeah. had a great show. My Gallo, me, we had the most fun. It, it was great. Yeah. I love that. I, lo- I, love, I, love, I love how tight you guys are, too, in the band and, like, brothers and shit. And I like how Mike's in the band. Mike's, like, the youngest. You like his big brother. I love the... I love the energy on stage with you guys. Oh, Mike you can is feel great. It. I love Mike, man. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Roger's like my my wife. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't get rid of him. Yeah. But Mike <laughs> is really, a, you know, Mike, you know me and Mike. Yeah, we're two man. Different bands. We, got, we got the same friends. Yeah. You know, I turned around. I think he's in my bedroom right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's how close he is. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I remember we still live with you too there, actually. Yeah. You know, so it's it's nice to have somebody like I lived with Mike for ten years. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, and I lived with the guy for ten years. Two bands, same crew, with same friends. Not even an argument. It's awesome. Not even like nothing. I mean, we just go along with each other like it's uh, howdy doody time. You know, yeah, I love awesome. that. He's a great friend. He's a great friend. Great yeah. Guy. So so you you never you so. Going on tour, you never you never get anxiety about flying, about leaving, about traveling. You love nah, it. You live know. for it. Yeah. Nah, I don't get See, I got to play a show. Yeah. You know, after I play my show, uh, and it's mostly, you know, the be- I do the best I could, and I'll hang around with my friends. I'll go yeah. have a few drinks, maybe, or I might have a cigar, or I'll go out for dinner. Or I'll go to a, like a. I really don't step off to go to another club. Yeah, you know what I mean. We'll we, we'll go to go to another club. I got a club here. I'm getting. I can get free drinks here. Why don't I gotta go somewhere else? Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. This is the club. This is us. I stay there until we're ready to go, and I go to back to my hotel or yeah. French house or whatever. Yeah, you're a road dog. You've been like that your whole life, man. It's amazing, man. Yeah, I'm on the road so long. I've been on the road as long as Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> you probably have. That's crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, a, a, we're looking for our 40th come soon, you know? I got to do a new wow. album, Toby. I got to do a new record now. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we're working on it right now. And if I do this record now, if I pull it off, I do a record every three years for 40 years as I'm touring the end of that record. Holy shit. That's crazy, man. That's how many, how many records yeah. Agnostic Front have out now? This will be 12 or 13 studio wow, albums. Wow, man. And, and I got a couple of Madball. I got two Madball albums. That's I got right. two Stigma albums. 
You know, Roger's got three or four. He's got the alligators. He's got disasters. He's got the, the, the disasters. Yeah. He's got the rumble car club. I got New York car club tattoos. So we're very involved. Yeah. How, yeah. You know? I thought that, I thought, I think that the tattoo shop is amazing, man. It's such an amazing idea. I'm surprised it happened a long time ago. I think it's, it's amazing you guys uh, did they're that, They're doing great now. They're, they're coming up on their 20th anniversary wow. now. In wow. 20 years, they want to have a big party there. And That's awesome. All the guys there and the gals that work there are really nice people. Yeah. You know, it's it really it really became something. And I'm yeah. very proud of it. You know? Yeah, you should be. It's super smart. I mean, you know, it's brick and mortar. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How far is that from your house? Uh, you can walk there pretty much, right? A eh, five-minute walk. Yeah. You know, it's just a five-minute walk. It's still, like, a little outside my neighborhood. It's Lower East Side, you know? Yeah. Well, Little Italy's on the Lower East Side, so is Chinatown. You know you what? Know? I forgot so that. So is Alphabet City. Yeah. You know what I ask you about, too? I have to, it's like I, saying Harlem. Harlem. You got Spanish Harlem. Yeah. Harlem, Harlem. Old Harlem. Yeah. Harlem. This is just a section. Yeah. Same thing like the uh, Lower East Side. It's just a section. Yeah. There's a couple of neighborhoods like Chinatown, Little Italy, Alphabet City on the Lower East Side. So people get the idea. It's not just Alphabet City yeah. or Chinatown. Yeah. It's just old Chinatown, you know, and then Chinatown, you know. As a matter of fact, it was just Chinese New Year's, mm -hmm. the year of the pig right now. Oh, shit. And I celebrated it with my friends. Awesome. You know, we do lion dances. That's amazing. Yeah, I just, you know, we, it was really awesome. We did a, a lion dance for Bank of America okay. on uh, West Broadway. And man, I tell you, they, they had, it was right on top of the bank. There's a restaurant. Okay. They closed the whole building off. They treated me like gold. Oh. I had a backstage that was beautiful. Wow. We had three lions. We had a bunch of people. People, they had other people. They had people from Shenyun come wow. do dancing. Yeah, you know they, you know that's amazing. They got, they got money. They, they got money. They put, they fed us like kings. It was just, it was, and I do it. I don't do it for. I just do it to, yeah. because it's a good thing for me to do. Yeah, you know, for spirituality, health wise, to be involved with something positive. You know, yeah. are you a, are you a spiritual person? Yeah, I go to church every day. I curse everybody out. <laughs> Of course I'm spiritual. Yeah. I always was. Yeah. I always was. But I'm not like spiritual like those like, like I'm an artist. I'm an artist. Mm -hmm. Shut up. Get yeah. out of here. You yeah. know, I believe in what I believe in and that's it. I'm not yeah. going to push it on nobody. And that's the end of that. Yeah. Well, you, you rate, you raise. I mean, if you don't believe, mm -hmm. then you believe in nothing. I don't know. Sure. Whatever. Do yeah. what you want, I feel, you know? Yeah. But you, but you I just believe that. Doing right or wrong. I like that. Being kind, being nice. Keep yeah, it simple. Not, yeah, keep it simple. Yeah, were you, were you raised Catholic? Yes, I was. Yeah, I me was too. Raised Roman Catholic. Me too. You know, you know, my mom, She, as a matter of fact, my mother was such a great chef that she was the chef, the head chef at uh, uh, St. Anthony's, the first Italian-American cathedral on West Houston and Sullivan Street. Oh, wow. The same church my mother got married out of. My mother became the head chef, and she used to cook for all the bishops and the cardinals and stuff like that. That's amazing. Yeah, wow. my mother was some shit. My whole family were 
like involved with old world cooking, you know, the old school uh, where here, here I go, we're tall again. Oh, talking, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Old world foods called peasant food. Basically, it's all vegetarian because they couldn't afford meat. Mm. You know? Yeah. And that's how I learned how to cook basta badan, basta cheese, basta lindi, basta pasili, you know? Yeah. Bruclarabra, you know, all these greens that were cheap greens at the time. You know, you, you cook them, and now today they're gourmet. Yeah. You know, yeah. make a marinade sauce, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you put it over pasta. Forget it, right there, bada boom. So you've been cooking. You've been cooking. The I whole can't life. do the. I can't do the vegan thing because yeah. I like cheese too much. I feel you. You know. Yeah. I, that's. I can't do that. Yeah. You know. I mean, but but as far as Italian food, when you talk vegetarian or vegan uh, Italian food, there's focaccia bread. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot of pizza with with olive oil. Yeah, yeah. No, no cheese. Yeah. You know, there's olives, mushrooms. You know, there are a lot of. Italian and even with the, the what's that there uh, the semolinas yeah you know with that have the, the gluten freeze yep you know there's a All lot that. of semolinas yeah yeah this is thousands of years old that, yeah. that we've been eating this so when people tell me I want to have vegetarian pizza I says no excuse me that's called pizza margarita <laughs> pizza margarita yeah you know let's right. get it right over here you yes. know. <laughs> And you've been cooking your I whole life. I even make too. fun of uh, Rusty. He calls himself a foodie. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, I love him. And a coffee guy too. What he a loves coffee. Of a guy. I love Rusty. Boy. Yeah, I man. tell you, I wear that pendant that he's got. He made me. Yeah. I, wear, I never go out without a picture and not take a picture with it. That's amazing. Because I really love him. Yeah. You know, I ran into him one day. We used to sell his pen, his his jewelry at my tattoo shop. Uh huh. So I got a piece of his jewelry and I put it on a bullshit chain, like a chain that you go to the bathroom, you pull the chain, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I ran into him and he looked at me. He says, no, take that chain off. And he <laughs> took the fucking chain off his neck Aww. and put it on my neck. I'll never forget that. That's amazing. You, you can't wear it like that. Yeah. yeah you can't wear the chain. And I'm, <laughs> I'm honored and proud to wear his jewelry. Rusty Pistachio, Italian Stallion. Yes, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I call him the Whisperer because he talks so yeah. well. He talks like this sometimes. Man, it's Rusty. I want to talk to you yeah, about I'm going to get him a volume knob tattooed on him. <laughs> volume knob. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I just had him on the podcast, and people were hitting me up saying, the volume is really low. Yeah. And I'm like, no, Rusty's really low. You got to turn that shit up. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, I have a question for you too. I want to. I should ask Roger this too. I'm about to get back on the phone. What What is the true way to write MYHC? Is it the N on the top and the Y in the bottom, or is it from no, side no, to side? side to side? Okay. Like, believe me, I went through this argument while it was happening. Fuck. Okay. Okay. While we were all deciding how to do it, and everybody was this way, I was like, "No, you don't do it that way." Hardcore is always going to be hardcore. Everybody okay. knows HC, okay. but LA and Y. Wherever the fuck you come from, you know? Yeah. XX. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. You know? I, that, that's what we would do. We would do an XX hardcore, straight edge. Yeah. And then a, a X with a circle, no edge hardcore. Ah. Yeah, we had we came out with a couple of other ones, too. Okay. That uh, failed to uh, 
kind of get acknowledged, but uh, <laughs> a few people know. But as yeah. far as that question you asked me, it's side to side. Okay. And I was adamant about that. Okay. Who originally came up with that? Uh, Kevin Crowley, uh, and, and the kid from The Abuse, the singer. Okay. And uh, wow. with a lot of uh, controversy and debate. Okay. With a bunch of us. Yeah. Yeah. He was a great artist, the kid. He's still, uh, you know, mm -hmm. he was living in Jim Thorpe or something. I seen him recently, you know, at the uh, the Godfathers of Hardcore premiere. Yeah. You know, so it brought a few uh, older people, which is cool. You yeah. Know? Yeah. How did you? How That's did... one thing about me. One thing about Agnostic Front, when we tour around, a lot of the old school people come out. Because it's me and Roger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. You know, I'm going to take you backstage. You know, I'm going to treat you right. Yeah. We're going to talk about old times. Maybe we go out for dinner, you know, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? You know? Yeah. I love that. Everybody comes out of the woodwork to support and represent and respect you guys. And I love yeah, that. Yeah. And not only that, I'm living again vicariously again. Mm -hmm. You know, because I never want to let that go. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I'm I'm not one of those guys. I'm uh, gonna quit the band. We'll come back 20 years later. Ah, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're in it or you're not with it. You yeah. Know? You're with it or you're not with it. You know, that's the end of that. Is it? It's pretty much safe to say you're the oldest hardcore person from hardcore alive and killing it, and you are like the, the like the man. Well, like, yeah, the oldest New York hardcore guy. Yeah. So unless you want to go with Charlie Hopper in the UK. <laughs> no, no, yeah, New York. You, you're the, yeah, you're. The, it's crazy, man. It's amazing, man. Maybe the East Coast, you know, like whatever. But I'm fine with it. I don't care. I'm fine with it, you know? Yeah. You it's get... all, all... I have a mission. And the thing is to represent New York Hardcore, to be a good role model, to do the right thing, mm -hmm. to always help a younger kid out. Yeah. You know what I mean? To always go approach him or her. Yeah. Before, you know, because I'm not all that. Not without you. Yeah. Because we need each other. You yeah, know, so I always, even you ask Lou from Sick of It All. Yeah. The first guy he met in hardcore was, I think, me or something like that. Because wow. he was just a kid with long hair standing in the corner somewhere. And I'll just go up to him and I'll just start talking. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I, I don't mind doing that. Listen, I'll walk up to anybody. If I just walk into a club and I see somebody like, hey, who's on now? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did did the uh, H2O play yet? Mm -hmm. No? Oh, okay. I don't know who you are, but you've been here, you know? If yeah. you don't know, oh, I'll go ask somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, you're a people person. You've always been an approachable person. I, I love that about you. Uh, you've always been open. And yeah. Like... I don't understand these people that are not people people. Mm -hmm. Like they hide in their tour bus or they don't yeah. come out or... Yeah. You know? You know what Roger does to me now? <laughs> He, he said he, he he throws me in the pit when we play like send the foe and everybody does a circle pit around me <laughs> and I'm saying to my yeah he I, he did it at this big show there was like five thousand people there Damn. And, I'm, and so I'm playing the song I'm saying to myself any minute now somebody's gonna slam into me I'm gonna get knocked over <laughs> but somehow I, I muddle through it yeah and it was okay and just about every time I do that. Somebody crawls out from underneath my legs. Like, like <laughs> that's having fun. That's fucking awesome. The guy or the girl that does that is a fun person. Yeah, yeah. That would, you know, yeah. just do a crazy, stupid little thing like that. Yeah. 
And boy, oh boy, that circle pit around me. And I play that song. And I tell you the truth, Toby, I really love it too. Yeah. I really do. I I love that moment. I'm living in that moment. Yeah. You always give... I feel so alive Mm -hmm. at that moment. Yeah. You always give 100%, 110% when I see you play live. Always. You're always smiling, having fun. Like you really love it. You can you see gotta. you can see you love it and the you kids gotta. love it. Otherwise yeah. don't do it. Exactly. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. It, it. it would do you no good. Yeah. You know, you gotta do it because you love it and you wanna do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean and that's the way I am anyway. Yeah, I mean you're living proof that if you just do what you want to do and love and focus on it and Believe in yourself and your music. You can do it your whole fucking life, and, and you're doing that, man. It's amazing. I feel like you have an incredible life. It's and, like, and this goes for anybody. Yeah. Let's just say there was no such thing as punk rock or hardcore. Yeah. And I still want to play guitar. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I could have been a guitar teacher. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could have been in a wedding band uh, yeah. or whatever. If you want to do something, and maybe you're not successful at it, yeah. but you do it because you like to do it. Yeah. Maybe I want to be an artist. I never sold a print or I never sold a canvas in my life. Yeah. But I do because I like doing it. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it for the wrong reason. Yeah. Do it because you like. Do it for the right reason. Yeah. And I, you I, can't I, do it for the wrong reason. Think yeah. like, oh, I'm going to pick up a guitar and become a rock star. No, yeah. you can't do that. No, you That's can't. not the approach. No, it's not. You know, you got to do it and do it with vigor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel, and I feel like for all of us that play hardcore punk, our success isn't like you said. It's not based on record sales or fame or fortune. It's based on changing people's lives and doing something you love and inspiring people. That, that that's that, exactly that's the most important. A good part platform of it. to, uh, you know, a good platform to uh, make a stand. Yeah. I always say to myself, uh, "Excuse me, let me get back to you on this interview. I got to go tweet myself the fame." <laughs> you gotta get out there. You gotta be out there. You gotta look people in the eye. Yeah. You gotta shit. You gotta hug people. Yes. You know. Connect. Uh, like for instance, the other day, I I played that show with Gallo. Yeah. And with Stigma, and uh, uh, some guy came up. Some guy Kenny, I know, said, "Yeah, but my friend Frankie couldn't make it tonight. He, he said, Frankie couldn't make it. Get him on the fucking phone." <laughs> I get I get on the phone. I get the, I get the voicemail. Frankie, you cocksucker, where the fuck are you? You better get to my next show, otherwise I'm going to come get you, break your fucking legs, and drag you down to the hardcore show when I hang up. <laughs> you know, so... It's fucking so amazing, it's, man. It's, it's, oh, I tell you, I tell you, as a matter of fact, the last time I was in Florida, I was hanging out with Corey Graves and mm-hmm. a bunch of other people, and I was having a great time after the show. Yeah. And, uh... And I'm talking, my gal taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, Vinny, there's a guy downstairs who wants to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, yeah, give me a minute, okay. And I'm, he says, he taps me again, he says, Vinny, you don't understand, there's this guy down there who wants to talk to you. Yeah. I says, all right, I go. I go downstairs from the dressing room, I see this fucking guy, he's a giant. Mm-hmm. I, he says, you're stigma, right? I went, yeah, I'm stigma. <laughs> he says, you crank call me. I says, I did. He says, you don't understand, Vinny. I was in Afghanistan when you crank called me. That meant a lot to me. Oh, and he started crying. Oh, His wife was crying. Fuck, I stopped crying. Mike Gallo ran away. Oh. We were hugging. Oh, and, dude. And I tell you the truth. I hope he comes to my show next time I'm in Florida. That's fucking I'm amazing. I'm coming down in a couple of years. I would love to see this guy again. 
man. Like a stupid little thing like yeah, that. Yeah, it meant so much to him, man. You know, just a stupid little thing like that. Yeah. One of his friends says, hey, Vin, you want to call my friend? He couldn't make it here tonight. Oh, I love doing it too, Toby, too. I love it. Oh, man. It's a thing I like doing. Yeah, and I love that about me, you. And you know what? It brings me closer to a person like that that I don't even know. I don't even know what you look like. I don't know who you are, but I'm connected with you. And we're, we're, I'm with you. I love that, and I feel you like know, I feel so. like there's no other music genre that does this, man. I feel like I, I love other types of music, but there's nothing, nothing like punk rock and hardcore that makes you feel connected to somebody, man. It's like, it's crazy, man. The last time I was in uh, Houston, Texas, I played this show. There were a lot of, there were a couple of fights at the show, blah blah blah. Decided to get there, so there was a couple who had a challenged child. Okay. So I took the kid on stage. You know, and, you know, to, so he won't be out in the audience. And the kid had the greatest time of, of his life. I'm sure. Right. Man. So, and, and you know, just that yeah, we hug with you, yeah, everybody. So I, as I'm packing up to go away, uh, the, the, the kid's father comes up to me. You know, he says, hey, "Vinny, I, I want to thank you for uh, you know taking care of my kid." You know, and his wife is like ten feet away. She's crying. You know, he says it meant a lot to me and my wife that, you know, you look looked at my son like that. Oh, and I'm man. like, this is nothing for me to do. Yeah. This is nothing. Yeah. I love doing this. Yeah. You know? And uh, to me, it's rewarding. It totally is. You know, I, I, you know, I, I feel so in, so good doing things like that. Yeah. Because I know it's a good thing to do. Yeah, you have a major impact on people by just being yourself, Vinny. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just, just you. having this kid, he came up, he, you know, he's a challenged child. Mm. Yeah, we're lucky. Totally. Toby. Yeah, we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're lucky. You got your, your little boy. And yeah. He's a good boy. You Thank know? You, man. Yeah, man. I got my son. He's a good boy, you know? Yeah. We're lucky. So we are lucky. that is nothing. That is nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this. You know, I was on tour with this kid, uh, and he, he lost his guitar somehow. We wound up getting it back, you know. But I, I already called. Uh, he, I had a guitar on the way for him too. Yeah. At the end of the tour, right? But anyway, we found the guitar. But before that, the kid was in the in the mood. I said, "Listen, son, you didn't lose your eyesight. You you play out of my guitar. Don't worry about it. We're going to get you a new guitar. Don't worry." Yeah. You know, but, the, you know, anyway, we got the guitar back and blah, 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 and all is well. But, uh, you know, it's just mm -hmm. a piece of wood. It is. That's it. You know, your eyesight, you know, means a lot more, you know. Yeah, you're, man. You're healthy. Yeah. You know, you're getting up there doing it. You're not in a wheelchair or in jail. Or, Dude. You know, yeah. whatever. So be, be grateful for what you don't even have. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Did you ever? Did you ever any close calls yeah. going? Did you ever get close calls as a kid going to jail or anything like that? Or were you a wild kid? No, I wasn't really too wild of a kid. Yeah, you know, you know, I, you know. I got well, I got pulled in one time for firecrackers for selling fireworks <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. They they called my mother down. My mother gave me a beat, and all the cops were laughing at me, and she took me oh. home. Holy That's how it was back in the day. Holy shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, you were selling firecrackers. They, fire they, you know I mean? they didn't put young Greg. You know what I mean? They call your mother. Your mother comes down, gives you a beat in front of everybody. They laugh at you, and you go home. <laughs> Holy shit. 
We're like 12 years old, you know. What are they going to do? I'm yeah. So yeah. I live near Chinatown. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. I'm hustling. I'm making yeah. a few dollars. Yeah. I'm not selling drugs or guns. Yeah. You know? It's being a kid. Yeah. Was yeah. There... I'm, I'm celebrating the birth of our nation. Exactly. <laughs> Stick, was it was it, was there ever like real type like Goodfellas in your neighbor like like mafia kind of dudes in your neighbor growing up? Is that? Yeah, you know there there were guys. You yeah, know, I, I went to school with. They found them in trunks and in boxes. Wow. You know, you know and real and, like, real uh, real like shit. T- yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, I know we knew one guy was dead. He was missing for like ten years. They finally found him. He was in a box. I went to school with him. Holy and, shit. And. Uh, you know, but one guy, one of his friends told me, you know, Vinny, when you walk out of your building, you made the left instead of a right. Because if I made the right, I go down to Spring Street and hang around with everybody, mm. which I did too. Yeah. Which I did too, because these are my people yeah. and I love them. Yeah. You know, but I, I went out and I ventured, you know, to, to, to a different world. Yeah. I never thought I'd stand on top of the fucking Eiffel Tower, hawking loogies, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, you know who would ever think? You know, ha, you know, or being Istanbul on the the gates of of uh, Dracula. You yeah, know, where they hung his head. I hang my hat. You yeah, know, you've been everywhere. You've been all around the world, thought, man. I would never think he'd go to Japan. I know. <laughs> I, you know, I would never. I never thought of things like that. You know, some people never leave their neighborhood. You know, exactly. No, believe me, a lot of. A lot of guys never left my neighborhood, and that's they got consumed with drugs and yeah, they got caught up in the city. You know, yeah. it's, you know, and a few people just never left anyway. Yeah, you know, and I feel I always feel I I tell you I think of these people a lot, mm-hmm. like when I'm on top of the Eiffel Tower or somewhere <laughs> like that, or yeah. in Red Square in Moscow. Yeah. I think, what the fuck am I doing here? And these people, <laughs> you know, they never got out of my neighborhood. Yeah, man. And you like this, you, you like know, sometimes little... you got to put yourself in and... the right spot, too. And you got to have you surround yourself with good friends, yes, 100%. You know, that's another thing, too. Yes, I agree with that. I mean, you know, like I always say, I even tell my kid, you know, your friends pull up with a stolen car, you know, there's a gun in the car and drug, you don't get in that car. Mm-hmm. It's common sense, yeah, 100%. You know? yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, you... you know, it's, it's a lot of choices you got to make. Hundred percent, and you and you and you turn, and you 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 took a left turn towards CBGBs. You know what I mean? It's exactly. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you were the little punk I mean, rock I kid. I live so. Good. I live so close to CBGBs. I used to have my amp, my cabinet, my my Marshall cabinet. It was an Ampeg cabinet uh, underneath my stairs, and they used to have the head, a Marshall head, my guitar, and my bag of wires. I used to put it on me, carry the thing, lock my door, walk. All the way to CBGBs without, and just throw everything on the stage, and then go back to my to get my uh, thing with a hand truck. And I'd be like walking through the streets with a hand truck, <laughs> you know, with, with the cabinet on it. And uh, people say, "Yo, Benny, what are you playing CBGBs? Yeah, I'm playing CBGBs tonight." <laughs> or I'd be standing out in front of CBGBs and see my grandfather's pigeons flying, no and I'd be standing way. out in front of CBGBs with no shirt on, know exactly where my grandfather. That's fucking amazing, you know? dude. 
And I'd be like, wow, my grandfather's pigeons are in the sky. I'm in my neighborhood. People every now and again pass by CBGB. Yo, what's up? That's you know, amazing. and if yeah. they're walking in the wrong direction, I know where you're going. I'm like, where you going? Where you going? Yeah, nah, I gotta go somewhere. I know where you're going. You're gonna <laughs> go get drugs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And Vinny, it's like you, know? you were like the little punk rocker kid that wasn't, like you said, didn't make that, didn't make that, uh, made the left turn or whatever. Um, and then then you're the one that's like seeing the whole entire world, fucking for like thirty years. You've been traveling on the whole world from this. From starting at CBGB's down the street from your house, it's fucking amazing, man. It's yeah, so I, amazing, uh, I, I, I tell you, you're, you're touring a while too. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you, you see the world change. Yeah, especially for sure. after nine eleven. But before that, I mean, I've been going into uh, Eastern Europe. You know, uh, when they had no roads, no gas stations. Yeah. You know, you had no money. Yeah. You, you drink water out of bag. Yeah. I used to drink water out of a bag. Fuck. You try that. You get it. It was, I mean, we played the squats. We played the abandoned places. Yeah, your first tour, there right? There were no venues. Yeah, I remember I heard about yeah. that. Yeah, there were no venues in the early AF days, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you get a couple of clubs here and there, but <laughs> it was all, you know, do your own thing kind of thing, you know? Yeah. You would, and, you know, a, a lot of it was helping out. Uh, a lot of it was, uh, uh, you know, just uh, do it for the kids kind of thing, yep. you know? Yeah. That's why I, I, you know, a lot of people tell me about, like, remember 1982? And I'm like, no, I really don't remember that. Like, because I played so long. Yeah, you came <laughs> here, you helped raise money, blah, blah, blah. We, we Because you helped raise the money, we opened up a venue, blah, blah, blah. Wow, it's fucking that awesome. That Polish guy that puts on my show, what the hell's his name? He always wears the army pants. A nice guy. I helped him out years ago. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the guy that does Hellfest, okay. one time we, we Pokey got sick and we couldn't, you know, we had to get like a couple of drummers to fill in. Oh, wow. So I told the guy from Hellfest, Roger told him, and he says, listen, you know, because we were high up on the bill, yeah. you know, like like a co-headliner, like kind of. Yeah. So we told him, like, you know, we can't really do the thing. Pokey's in the hospital. We can't do a full set. The guy says, no way. You do whatever you want. Because I started out with Agnostic Front. Oh, that's fucking amazing, like, man. Comes full circle. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Are that's you... why I always say. Make a friend. Exactly. You're going to see him on the way up, see him on the way down, see him every level of your band. Yeah. So sideways, true. in front yeah. of you, behind you, always with you. You, you. you on that first tour where Roger got deported, right? Obviously. Yeah. Dude, that sounded crazy, man. Yeah, Roger, they didn't want to let him in Cuba. We had a Cuban date. So, you know, we're going to go to Cuba. Yeah. And they didn't want to let Roger in. Everybody else got approved except yeah. for Roger. Yeah. And it would have been the greatest story ever told. Hell a kid, yeah. five, six years old, escapes communism, comes to America, learns English. Ten years later, boom, meets Vinny Stigma in front of CBGB. <laughs> 25 years later, 30 years later, boom, go back to Cuba as a hero. It's fucking amazing. We had it dude. all mopped up. You know, Damn. and they found like they kind of found out, you know, because yeah. we had cat. We were filming. We had a car parade because Rogers in the car club. Yep. The Rumblers. Yeah. And we they they we were gonna make the Rumblers down there. You know, we we're gonna 
have a good time. They had a whole parade of cars waiting for us. Oh. And they mixed, they strapped it on us. And I'm not going to, they approved everybody but Roger, but I'm not going to go down there without Roger. No, hell no. Because the story is really about him. 100%. The kid escapes communist Cuba, goes back as a hero. I love that. The greatest that. story in rock and roll right yeah. there. <laughs> I love that. I remember you guys talking about it. I remember talking to Roger, but he's excited about it. And then all of a sudden, it didn't happen. That sucks, man. We were all set to go, but, you know, the Cuban government, you know? Yeah. Stigma, is it, is it safe to say you're the first person that brought camouflage like that style into Harker. People always say, like, if you were in cut-off camouflage yeah. shorts, you wear you know, the stigma. Call them the stigmas. Stigma, they used to call me. Yeah. Yeah, they called me Sergeant because I used to bark orders. <laughs> like, for instance, Todd Youth, when he was a kid, you know, he would Rest run away peace. from home. Yeah. Yes. He would run away from home mm -hmm. and come to my house because we were all here, yeah. you know, doing the hardcore thing. Yeah. And I taught him how to play the guitar. Wow, man. Well, first of all, he used to come to my house. Excuse me, let me call your mother right now. I used to call his mother. I say, he's here, by the way. You know, he's here, so you don't have to worry, number one. And number two, do you feed him? <laughs> and then I yell, and they'd be out in the hallway, and I'd be yelling out, hey, stop smoking that cigarette out there. You know what I mean? He was 11 years old. Stop smoking. Wow. He's too young to smoke. I always try to be a, a good mentor. Yeah. Even tell you, they'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. He would, you know, he, he always said, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I, I try to always do the right thing. You got to look out for the new guy. hundred percent. Because it, when the transition came in from the punk to the hardcore, there was that transition. Yes. The punk, the older punks were like, you know, had their feathers a little ruffled because it wasn't their way. Like, yep. you know, and they were like, well, who's this kid? I'd be like, who the fuck cares? He's with us now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's with us. Yeah, accept him. Yeah, Told, you know, not, take him under your wing. I love you know? that. He's part of us now. Yeah. Wow. And so, so you, always, you know, and the kid would run away from home and stay in my house, and I taught him how to play the guitar, and he wound up being a fucking great guitar player. Incredible man, incredible guitar player. Yeah, and not only him. Uh, Cindy from L Seven. I taught her how to play the guitar. Oh wow. Because I was the only one with instruments, a driver's license, a phone, an apartment, uh, a few dollars. I, I was a little older. Yeah. So I would, I would organize everything. I was like the Stern Brothers of New York City. That's amazing. That's awesome. You know, yeah, that I makes would sense. always organize. Yeah. People would come up my house, make flyers. We would have discussions about the flyers, the show, or the quit. My drums, my bass, my bass head, my bass guitar, my guitar cabinet, my guitar, all my, because I had a studio, I had a couple of studios before punk rock. Yeah. You know, before, yeah. you know, and I, I just had equipment. I played guitar before there was punk rock. Yeah. You know, so I had guitars, I had amps. So when this thing came out, punk rock, I was already equipped with all the, you know, with all the ammunition. You're ready to go, yeah. And yeah. I would have Diego. Diego never had a base yeah. or a base cabinet. Yeah. I'll probably see him in Florence, too. But he it's never crazy. had that. He never knew how to play. Yeah. I had to teach him how to play, how to, how to give him a base, tune his base. The, 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 the EQ is head. Yeah. You know, John Watson. What the hell? I saw him the other day. What the hell does he know about singing, you know? He can <laughs> mosh around the floor. <laughs> really, Ray Bees. Forget about horrible drama. Mm -hmm. But this is hardcore. Yeah. And this is what it's about. 
Yeah. You know, it's about us against them. Yeah. It's always, it's always has And that's been. why I would accept anybody that wants to be part of us. You yeah. Know? I love that, man. I think that. Of I think course, we, it grew worldwide, which which I'm very proud of, too. It's ma- yeah, it's everywhere, man. You guys are part of that. You guys are the fucking pioneers that like brought it everywhere. You guys were one of the first people to go to Europe back then. Nobody was going to Europe back then. It's crazy, man. And I'm so glad that like, you know, New York hardcore is like a, a, a certain kind of a genre yeah. of hardcore. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's very yeah, special. There's hardcore and then there's New York hardcore. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I agree, man. Uh, I'm very proud that, you know, we're on the map somehow, you know? Well, thank you for putting <clears throat> thank you for putting us on the map. I mean, thank you for all your hard work and hey, you know, if it wasn't me, Pokey, uh, 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 Toby, it would have been somebody else. Yeah, I think it would have happened anyway, but uh, so be it. <laughs> you take the compliment though, for sure, because it's fucking true. It's amazing. Yeah, you know, I put a lot of hard work. I put a lot of dedication. Yeah, man, I put you a did. lot of trust. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of my own sweat and blood. A lot of sacrifice, it, man. So, a lot of sacrifice you know, being in the band. A lot of sacrifice, you yeah, know. Man. I mean, I went out there and I fought guys, you yeah. know, back in the day because the kids were younger than me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, you know, I run up to people, you know. I was a little younger at the time. Yeah. You know, anybody fuck with us. I run up there. I punch him in the face. Yeah. Because I was a little older. I got it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wasn't a young kid scared of like some truck driver yeah you're pre- like yelling at a kid or mm-hmm. something. i fucking run up there too motherfucker yeah you like a protector for everybody the young kids and shit sounds like yeah. i want i you ask any of the girls like olivia you know or you know all the girls you know Vinny was the guy yeah he always protected us even on the dance floor like when i dance and all the girls would dance you know i'd look out for them mm-hmm. i would never really bunk into them really hard yeah. i'd get i'll bunk into them and they bunk into me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We'll, yeah. ma- we'll mosh with each other. But it, I would always be respectful. Yeah. You know, like some people want to go out there and kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. Come on. This, this, no. These are our girls. So, yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe some young kid for the first time. So, you know. You definitely. Somebody say you can't go out there and get it out. I get it. Mm-hmm. But you've definitely seen that, that, that this, like slam dancing and moshing, all that shit change over the years for sure. Because I'm sure yeah. it was something crazy. Right, different. from pogoing, yeah. the pogo, then yeah. coming to slam dance, you know, the, the moshing and stage diving, skanking. yeah, you know, yeah. skanking, whatever, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then, you know, they started the, the hands on fire, picking up change, and yeah. losing change, and <laughs> changing change, and the karate thing, you know. Windmills, it all, you know? all that shit, yeah. yeah. Hey, whatever it is, it's all good. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, it's all good. Just go out and have a good time. Yeah, man. That's what it's about. Getting the stress out, escaping the reality of the shitty yeah, outside go world. Out, and... Do your thing. So you do the pizza, you do the you do the karate, you mm-hmm. do the hands on fire, you you do yeah. the circle pit, you you do the, the stage dive. Yeah. Everybody does something. Yeah. You know, just go out and have a good time. That's yeah. all. Vinny, if there, if there if there was one band you think that was your favorite band back then, maybe made you want to be a musician, what would the one band be, you think, that inspired you? That's a real rough one because uh, I liked a lot of the Discord. Yeah. You know, I like that album, the Discord album. I liked a lot of those bands, you know. Uh, you like Minor Threat? There's a lot of different... Minor Threat. Yeah. I mean, you know, put it, it was three guys. It was Al Burrell, which I talked to a lot, SSD Control, which I... I kind of 
imitate him on stage till today. Mm-hmm. And I talk shit about him all the time because I love him. Yeah. And there was, he was from Boston. He was the Boston guy. Yeah. There was me from New York, Benny Stigma from New York. And then there was Brian from uh, uh, Minor Threat. Yeah, Brian Baker. Yeah. Those were the three guys from the East Coast mm-hmm. that brought the guitar. The, uh, you know, to, to, to Brian had the greatest chord structure. Yeah, man. Uh, Al had, had the greatest presence. Mm-hmm. He was the most powerful motherfucker on stage. Yeah. Until uh, I, today, I tell you, I, I, I imitate him. While I'm playing my guitar, I push people out of my way. Get out of the way! You know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I, I, <clears throat> I still get a kick out of him. I, uh, his Nancy is uh, coming out with a book, and I did like a little op-ed for her. Oh, nice. Because uh, she put on my show one time uh, in Philly. Uh, well, Camden, New Jersey. Yeah. With minus Red, Agnostic Front, wow. SSD Control, and Flag of Democracy for like three or five dollars. Holy shit, man! That was the last time I think I talked to Ian McKay. Wow. Al Gowell came to my uh, my uh, movie premiere or whatever you want to call it, whatever in Boston. Man, did I uh, did I get him? Oh, I got him! I that was on because I had to do that symporian thing, uh-huh. you know. So while I was on stage, man, I couldn't give him a, a, com- a more compliments than uh, he ever got in his life. <laughs> That's because awesome. he's my guy. Yeah, yeah, he's my guy. He, he's my he's the way I like to. He was a horrible guitar player like me, you know. <laughs> Brian was good. You know, me and I, we sucked, you know. <laughs> but there was something there. Yeah. With Al. There was yeah. something there, even with me, you know. And Brian, of course. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, he still wears agnostic front shirts. Brian. Yeah. You a, know, I mean, really. He's all, that's awesome, yeah. You know, I mean, these, these, we're forever people. You are forever. You know, we're like forever stamps, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you are. That's a good one. Yeah, forever stamps. It's yeah. It's how we are, you know. Yeah. Did you but love the Ramones? Did you love the Ramones and stuff? He's one of my heroes like that. Yeah. Did you love the Ramones too? Yeah, Ramones. I'm, I'm a Ramones fan. Yeah. You know, I never forget one night. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's snowing now in New York City. I go to my tattoo shop, and Joey Ramone is sitting in my tattoo shop. Oh, and shit. and you know how he is there with with his legs crossed. Yeah. You know how he crossed like he's like a skinny. Yeah. Uh, like pelican, you know, whatever. Yeah. And. Uh, and I said, hey, Joey, what's up? You know, snowing outside. What do you do? You should wear boots or whatever. Because he had the sneaker thing kicking, you know? Yeah. That night, I think he broke his leg or something. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, I was like, oh, you know, whatever. I don't know, something happened that night. But yeah, great. Always there. Always there. Guys, you know? Yeah, I see him walking around a lot, man. It was crazy, man. Thank God we had them. Because they were the only... Them and the Misfit, Misfits were the only two bands... From New York, that were big, like or crowded, like for a minute, you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, they were they were the big bands, yeah. You know, before the hardcore thing took over. Totally. Did you like Misfits? I'm a Misfits fan. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, they're fun. They got some doo wop. They got some doo wop melodies. Yeah. I just yeah. spoke to Jerry recently too. Nice. You know, I call him basically for Christmas or. Father's nice. Day or something like that. You know, I call you for Father's yeah, Day. Yeah, yep, yeah. You know, man. I text you for yeah. Father's Day. Yeah. You know, I call Jerry. He's on my list for Father's Day. Too. <laughs> you, awesome. him, Roger, a few guys, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking awesome, man. 
Well, shit, well, Vinny, thank you for your time. I think we covered a lot today. And the people that listen, you have to check out The Godfathers of Hardcore. It's an amazing documentary. Uh, Vinny, how did you feel about that documentary? Like how it, 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 it showed, I just showed I like, think it was amazing, man. Well, uh, you know, it's not what you, I, I think it'll be something different. It'll be something, we're streaming number one on Showtime. It's fucking awesome. So I, guess, I guess it's doing all right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not what you're thinking. As a matter of fact, Danny Shuler from uh, Biohazard called me up. He says, yo, Vinny, I watched out me and my wife. My, my wife was crying. I says, you were crying too. Don't give me that shit. <laughs> I was crying too, for sure. <laughs> yes. You know, really, it's a, it's a hard thing. It's an honest thing. It it's, is, man. Ian McFarland did a great job. Killed it. Killed He's a it. great guy, you know. It was a great documentary, you know. It's about Excellent. hardcore, the history of hardcore, the yeah. honesty of hardcore. Yeah. You know, and uh, hardcore lives. Exactly. You know why? Because you're alive still, my friend, and you're still fucking waving the flag and ah. touring and living it. Man, you fucking live it. And I appreciate you in my life. Appreciate calling you my friend. I appreciate Agnostic Front, what they had done for all of us. And when I first moved to New York, you guys took me under your wing. You were on my first. You were on my first album and all that stuff. We played shows together and just. Thank you. I appreciate. Thank I pre- you. Appreciate you. You're more than welcome, man. Really. Thank and I'm you, always man. there for you. You know that. I appreciate it. Um. So yeah, I mean, check out. This documentary, look for Agnostic Front on tour. Um, and uh, yeah, man, Stigma, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. I know you're going on tour tomorrow, so I know what that's like. Um, oh, yeah, come to, come to my show. Anybody who's listening, come to my show. And if your friends don't come, we'll crack call them for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Toby. All right, bro. I love you, man. Thank you so much for today. Thank you, bro. I love you too. All right, take care. Ciao. Bye. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, Uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to the next one.